Hey now, welcome back to the Deadology Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Weiner, and today is August 10th, 2023. 28 years ago today, Bob Dylan had a press release uh, regarding the passing of Jerry Garcia, who passed away the day before on August 9th, 1995. And that's going to be the crux of what we look at today on episode two of Deadology. Um, it's one of the best tributes um, I've ever heard for uh, Jerry. And August 9th, people think of different things. It's, um, you know, for me, when August 9th comes around, I always look forward to celebrating the music of Jerry Garcia, which I basically do every day. I do 365 days a year. But uh, especially on August 9th, when that rolls around, I break out the uh, paragraph Dylan wrote about Garcia and and just kind of look at it in awe. Such an amazing tribute to Jerry. But before we dive into that, um, I would just like to acknowledge the passing of the great Robbie Robertson. Uh, the music world has taken so many great, uh, so many awful hits lately. Uh, Robbie Robertson, just an amazing uh, songwriter, guitar player, uh, just a person on the huge, huge impact person on the music scene for many years, but especially in the 60s, early 70s with the band and Bob Dylan. Uh, really sad to see him go. Uh, so he passed away August 8th. News of that came out on August 9th on the anniversary of, uh, of Jerry's passing. But on a much brighter note, um, yesterday I went up to the Ulster Performing Arts Center and saw one of the greatest jazz concerts I've ever seen. It was Jack DeJohnette's 81st birthday, the great jazz master drummer, and it was a tribute to Miles Davis. Um, we had uh, Wallace Roney on trumpet, and Carlos Santana showed up and played for the full two hours with the band. It was just, it was incredible. They did uh, the Bitches Brew in a silent way era, and just a thundering, beautiful jazz concert, man. It was incredible. So uh, the eternal spirit of music carries on. And now I'm going to jump into, into the Dylan uh, press release. Uh, first, I'm going to read it, then we'll pick it apart and, and dig into it, unpack it a little bit. So this is what the press release said word for word. There's no way to measure his greatness or magnitude as a person or as a player. I don't think any eulogizing will do him justice. He was that great much more than a superb musician with an uncanny ear and dexterity. He's the very spirit personified of whatever is Muddy River Country at its core and screams up into the spheres. He really had no equal. To me, he wasn't only a musician and friend. He was more like a big brother who taught and showed me more than he'll ever know. There's a lot of spaces and advances between the Carter family, Buddy Holly, and, say, Ornette Coleman, a lot of universes, but he filled them all without being a member of any school. His playing was moody, awesome, sophisticated, hypnotic, and subtle. There's no way to convey the loss. It just digs down really deep. That's what Bob Dylan had to say about Jerry Garcia. Beautiful stuff. All right, let's start from the top here. There's no way to measure his greatness or magnitude as a person or as a player. When you're sitting down to do something like this, what do you say about Jerry Garcia? That was what, what Dylan was confronted with. And 
there there really is no way to describe his greatness. You can't say, well, he had number one albums, uh, the, the, the Grateful Dead had the greatest tour, the best live band, he's a great guitarist. This, there's just no words or no measurement that will capture his greatness or what he meant to people. So, uh, you know, pretty cool. They starts off, Dylan starts off right away. There's no way to measure his greatness or magnitude. Uh, but it's not just as a player, it's as a person. Uh, D- Dylan loved Garcia, obviously. And Jerry had this way of making everybody feel comfortable. Obviously, his audience, uh, the, you know, the fans that loved him, but even other musicians. Um, Dylan must have felt totally at ease. Jerry, you know, Dylan is a. Uh, a tough guy, you know, for for people to get people get nervous in front of him, and you know, it's and they don't act like themselves. Dylan would see Jerry, and he could tell the guy was one hundred percent authentic, and he took to him right away. And generally across the board, every musician that runs in the Garcia has nothing but complimentary things to say about him as a person, which is you know, which is amazing. So, you know, a very very loved person. Even you know, I went to the Miles Davis tribute last night. Reading the Miles Davis autobiography, not autobiography, biography, and he didn't have a lot of good things to say about people, especially in the Bill Graham era back in the sixties, early seventies, when he he took the stage with the Grateful Dead. But when it came to Garcia, I'm reading it. All of a sudden, he's saying great things about Jerry Garcia about how much he liked him. So uh, it just it traveled, man. Jerry uh, cut across every line, even his contemporaries and peers. They all kind of loved him. So, you know, it's hard to measure his greatness as a person as well. And then uh, the next thing he says, Dylan says, kind of makes me laugh. I don't think any eulogizing will do him justice. I don't think he meant it to be funny, but Dylan proceeds to go on and do a great job eulogizing him as good as anybody could do. So um, this one, par- if, if the funeral service were this one, somebody reading this one paragraph and then just cutting right to Jerry Garcia's music, that that would have been the perfect tribute, uh, you know, at the funeral to him. So in a way, what Dylan did here was like the perfect eulogy, short and simple, and as to the point as anyone could uh, could get. So this is the perfect eulogy, but it's as good a eulogy as I've ever heard for any famous person. And coming from Bob Dylan, that's a pretty amazing feather in uh, Jerry's cap. I'm sure he would would have been very proud to hear what Dylan had to say about him here. So, continuing on with uh, Dylan's press release, he was that great, much more than a superb musician with an uncanny ear and dexterity. He's the very spirit personified of whatever is Muddy River Country at its core and screams up into the spheres. Man, what a great description that is. Uh, first, the, the uncanny ear. Uh, at, as a musician, Garcia was just such a great listener on stage. He could play off of anybody or anything. And the uncanny ear, which I mean, Bob Dylan had an uncanny ear too, is just the ability to identify great music, stuff that other people don't hear, and bring it into your own, into your own realm. Uh, you know, and, and that led to the very spirit personified of whatever is Muddy River and screams up into the spheres. So Muddy River, I'm thinking Catfish John, Black Muddy River, Little Sadie, and screaming up into the spheres, Dark Star, just those the brilliant improvisation of Dark Stars. So it's everything Americana, but also reaching out into the universe. Then the next line in this uh, press release, he really had no equal. I mean, how true are those words? Uh, you know, when you think of 
Robert Plant, you know, you th- then you think of Roger Daltrey and maybe Mick Jagger, and all these guys are on the same level. And w- with Garcia, he was just kind of, or, or looking at the guitarists, Clapton, Beck, Page, Garcia, there's really n- nobody by his side. He was w- one of a kind, man, R- really an incredible thing to be that much of a one of a kind. But there, you know, there's no one you put by Garcia's side. You can't, the way you put Beck, Page, and and Clapton together, there, there's no one there to match with uh, Jerry Garcia. There was one Jerry Garcia. There'll never be anybody like him, just such an individual uh, musician and uh, musical spirit. And then Dylan goes on. To me, he wasn't only a musician and friend. He was more like a big brother who taught and showed me more than he'll ever know. One thing that catches me right away with that is how Dylan refers to him as being like a big brother. Uh, for one thing, Bob Dylan was a year older than Jerry Garcia. <laughs> so um, he just didn't say brother. He said big brother. And I think that kind of maybe reflects just the wisdom Garcia had as a person. You know, and as far as, as deadheads, we always kind of looked at him as like a father figure, someone who's I mean, he didn't want to be a father figure, or but he was he was like the leader of the family somehow, even though he never sought to <laughs> to do it. But um, there's definitely like a family bond thing with Jerry Garcia, whether it's uh, somebody like Dylan who looks him in, looks at him in that uh, manner, or Deadheads who definitely flocked to Garcia, and definitely the wisdom and the humor of the guy. Just, uh, you know, when you heard something from Garcia, you knew nuggets of wisdom were coming out when you hear him interviewed and very funny man. So it was, he always had that big brother or fatherly uh, kind of effect. And, you know, coming, coming from Dylan, once again, to say he was more like a big brother, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, a, you know, that's a, saying a lot there. And then the following statement, who taught me and showed me more than he'll ever know. Um, you know, so Dylan took notice when, when Jerry was doing something, uh, they were playing together, you know, Dylan was as much as Dylan turned everybody from the dead to everybody in the uh, rock world onto lyrics and changed music, kind of like the way Miles Davis did. Dylan had his eye and ear open to what Jerry was doing because he was like, this guy has something. He has some kind of wisdom. There's something there I could learn from him. And, and he really, I mean, it's, more than Jerry will ever will ever know. Dylan was was definitely learning from uh, from what Jerry was doing, and I think in one obvious way that came through was with the whole time Dylan and the, the Dead played together, eighty six and eighty seven. Uh, Dylan was kind of lost in his career at that time, um, you know, commercially down in the dumps, kind of looking uh, to be re inspired. You know, he lost inspiration, he kind of lost direction, and what he saw from Garcia and the Grateful Dead was, you know, just go out there and just just be a player, man. You know, you got these songs, go out there, make it happen, and everything else will, will be all right. Just live in the moment. And, I mean, Dylan had the the song catalog to do that, just go out there and not worry about making his next great album or or, or that kind of thing. Just, just dig into, I'm Bob Dylan, I wrote all these great songs. Let me go back, cherish what I wrote, bring it back to the people, tour, just live in the moment. And then when the inspiration strikes me, I'll, I'll write the next great album. And um, he really kind of followed in the path of the Grateful Dead after he played with them with his never-ending tour. So um, uh, in many ways, there's a, there's a lot of things Dylan learned from Garcia and the Grateful Dead. 
and a nice little tribute there. And I think that's that's a tribute to what, what Dylan's talking about here uh, when he says taught taught and showed me more than he'll ever know. And going on with uh, Dylan's press release, the next line's great. I love the the musicians he references here. Um, he says, there's a lot of spaces and advances between the Carter family, Buddy Holly, and, say, Ornette Coleman. A lot of universes, but he filled them all without being a member of any school. So you got the, the Carter family, the foundation of folk music, then Bluegrass, Harry Smith's American Anthology of Folk Music. Just that whole folk foundation is a, a part of who Jerry Garcia was. Buddy Holly... You know, the whole rock and roll side, rhythm and blues. And then the last one, Ornette Coleman, avant-garde jazz, just going way out there. So Jerry really had it all. Once again, screaming into the spheres, every, you know, for everything, the Peggio, Jack O'Rourke, the, the Folk Foundation, you know, rock and roll, Sugar Magnolia. And then uh, once again, that Dark Star, other one, Drum Space, Ornette Coleman thing. Um, he just, it was all there and it came out in the Grateful Dead and it came out in Jerry Garcia band and he did it all without being a member of any school. So, um, when you think of Clapton, blues guitarist, think of, uh, you know, West Montgomery, jazz guitarists, Garcia very much, he checks all the boxes. He was a blues guitarist. He was a jazz guitarist. He was a great rock and roll guitarist. But he was never a member of any school. You never hear anyone say the great blues guitarist Jerry Garcia. So he was a great blues guitarist, but he, you know, but he was never identified or labeled as any. He was, he was, he did it all, did all those, and he could do it within one song. He go go from blues to jazz, without being a member of any school, and uh, really that's one of one of the things that set him apart. And it, it almost came easily to him when he would approach music. It all just came out. Um, you know, um, and then the next thing Dylan says, I've used all these adjectives in describing his playing, but Bob just picked the right ones and put them all together. His playing was moody, awesome, sophisticated, hypnotic, and subtle. So whenever I read that, one performance comes to mind that kind of, uh, Fits, fits those descriptions. It was a, a Jerry Garcia uh, show from February 6, 1972 in Pacific High Studio. It was Garcia, Merle Saunders, Billy Kreutzmann on drums, and John Kahn on bass. On that day, they played one of the, the greatest shows ever. And it was my first bootleg Jerry tape. So I, for my first Jerry bootleg tape, I struck gold. I had about dead, 10 dead tapes at the time. And I, I played this thing. And it's the first song is, is it takes a train a lot to a lot to laugh it takes a train to cry, uh, Dylan's great song, and you know the the, the it kicks in uh, the the band's digging on the chord progression, and it just moves along hypnotic, just subtle, and Garcia keeps going and going. There's no singing. All of a sudden, I'm seeing the calming waves of the Pacific Ocean. I'm feeling great. I'm like, this is crazy. This, this is that was hypnotic, awesome music. So uh, the, the jam, the jam. It's not really even a jam. It's just they're celebrating the beginning of. Uh, it takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry, and 
each chord progression it gets a little it draws you in a little more Garcia plays a little bit of a different lick but it's just it's it's almost this repetitive listen to how great this is I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the audience's attention and we're gonna focus on this brilliant blues riff here and uh, when Dylan when Dylan was uh, recording uh, it takes a lot to laugh they did um, mostly fast versions but when they found this they hit they struck gold and this is just Garcia reaffirming it it's just his love for the music he just got lost in it and he brings the brings the audience with him and you know just uh, incredible incredible stuff man it's um, hypnotic subtle and awesome and uh, they Garcia did it on you know obviously with the Grateful Dead uh, they they did it on so many situations like they'd go from Scarlet to Fire and it's almost like Garcia wouldn't want to leave Scarlet but some of the band would start going into fire and he'd start going into fire. So it was like tough for, for them to leave a song because they loved it so much. But they were excited about going to the next song and they would always do these great transition jams. It was like not fade, not fade Away, Going Down the Road, Not Fade Away. Uh, it happened there too, where just this hypnotic playing where you're in two songs at once. And uh, Garcia was the master of that for sure. And then also taking a song like Dear Prudence, you know, John Lennon's uh, great song, second album on the White Album. I mean, second song on the White Album. It's, it's a little three-minute number, but it's brilliant. And three minutes is not enough for Jerry. So he, he does a, a live version of Dear Prudence and became one of, the, one of the great Jerry Garcia band songs. And it's, it's just, it's, it's not saying I need to do, do this better or anything. It's a celebration of the three minutes that Lennon put out there. And three minutes is not enough for Jerry, man. He wants to dig in round and round and every, he wants to cherish every chorus and then celebrate it with a, with a good long peaking guitar jam in the middle and just 12 to 15 minutes of celebration of Dear Prudence. And it still stays within the essence of what Lennon was getting across. So he's not invent, he's not taking something, he's doing something totally different but it still has the essence of the original person who wrote it. Same thing with the Dylan songs he covers. You know, definitely, you know, it's a lot different than the, the way Dylan did it, but still, the essence comes across. Now, contrary to this is the way most people work, and there's nothing wrong with that. Bob Weir would cover, covered many great Dylan songs in the uh, mid to late 80s. You had your Queen Jane, Approximately, Des- Desolation Row, Ballad of a Thin Man, Stuck Inside a Mobile. And, and these versions were great, and they were such a great addition to the, to the Dead's uh, repertoire those years. But Bob Weir pretty much played it like Dylan played it, you know, as staying with that template. And it was fantastic. It was great. But there's only one Jerry Garcia had no equal. There was like when he did a cover, he would just find something, something to fixate on that the original artist never or, or the original artist may have thought of. And, but he just drew more out of it he always would draw he would take a song he loved and draw more out of it i'll take a simple c to g and feel brand new about it as garcia sings in uh, i'll take a melody the alan chansons song and and um you know it's so much different than the than the original when you hear I, i'll take a melody you you if you didn't know better you could believe that uh garcia it was a garcia hunter song uh, you know, Garcia just has a way of pushing pushing these songs across as originals, and it's it's really an amazing thing, and that's what uh, Dylan's getting at here. 
you know, moody, awesome, sophisticated, hypnotically and subtle. Jerry Garcia had no equal. Yeah, so to wrap up the last line Dylan writes here, there's no way to convey the loss. It just digs down really deep. Man, and I, you could feel that viscerally, man, that it really, Dylan really felt, you know, it was it was heavy, the loss of Garcia. Man, it was uh, it was heavy for me too, even though he did look like he was he was on the way out in 95 when I, when I saw him last in Highgate. So it, it didn't come as a surprise, but man, did it dig deep. You know, the, I remember the day after I had to pull over the, the throughway and just have a good, good long cry, man. I was listening to a tape from the Philly Spectrum in 1980 and, you know, it, it, it digs deep. It, it really digs deep. But on the positive side, Jerry Garcia gave us everything he had. And I mean, that guy just, his whole life was music. He only lived to be 54, so he, but he only really lived 53 years because he just turned 54. In 53 years, I mean, he gave Deadheads and all his fans more music than they could ever listen to in their lifetime. Uh, here I am, you know, I got into the, to the Grateful Dead around ni- 1981 was when it all started for me. And let me do some math here. Yeah, it's 42 years. 42 years later, I'm continually hearing new stuff that I hadn't heard before. And this is going to go on till the day I die. I'll never get bored because Garcia just, yeah, he was... Every time he came out, he get, performed, he gave you a new album. And not every single one was spectacular, but there's so much there, so much to go through that he gave more to his fans than anybody. And he gave a lot to Bob Dylan. I mean, Bob Dylan gave more than any... <laughs> Bob Dylan's, uh, you know, with his songwriting and the way he changed music, gave more to the Grateful Dead and other bands than he'll ever know. But, man, uh, Jerry Garcia was uh, one of a kind. He had no equal. And I... I'm so happy Bob Dylan came out with this paragraph. And now we're going to continue on with another great year of listening to Jerry Garcia and all the cover bands and offshoot bands out there doing their thing. And that wraps up the second episode of the Deadology podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. And if you'd like to learn uh, more about Dylan and the Grateful Dead, I have a book out there. It's called Dylan and the Grateful Dead, A Tale of Twisted Fate available on Amazon, and also you can find it on my website, tangledupintunes.com. This is Howard Weiner, and I'll be back soon with another episode. Peace out.